Can I preach now? That was good. Okay. You know, we're coming up on our homecoming celebration. And I've been sitting and writing some memories down. I praise the Lord. I was raised in promised land. I praise the Lord for praying people. I'm talking today. (laughs) There's been some prayers go up this week for me. And now we know whose prayers are more effective because Bruce has been praying that I could never talk again. (laughs) So, hey. Um, But there's one thing that's been on my mind this week. I was so calm and collected. And that is, I remember a day when I was standing beside Richie Emery. He was going in for heart surgery. And he looked up at me and he said, Either way, I'm going to be good. Either way, I'm going to be good. Whether I come out or whether I go on to Jesus, I'm going to be good. I'll never forget that. What an assurance that Jesus is mine. If anything, the promised land has given me. It's given me blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Do y'all know what we're going to sing today? You know, I was thinking about these screens. Now I'm going to tell you straight up. As a musician, I didn't want them. And I'll tell you why. I teach music, not words. Right? Right? And when there's words up here, there's no notes. Right? There you go. There you go. And I really, I had to pray. I really had to pray about this. But you know, as I was thinking about the special this morning, how many of you have ever sang Blessed Assurance? Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably more than once. Yeah. Folks, we know it. We know it backwards and we know it forwards. And sometimes we need to put the book down and sing from the heart. And that's what we're going to do today. I need you to get your red book. I need you to turn to 115. And as a good musician would always do, I need you to stand on your feet. Everybody's going to sing the first verse. The men are going to sing the second verse. Women are going to sing the last verse. And then we're going to let God lead. On that last chorus, I don't want you looking at a book. I don't want you looking at a book. I want your head up. And I want you to let God lead. 
good musician. I'm going to take this peppermint out of my mouth. Here we go. Everybody. Blessed assurance, Jesus is
especially brought to us by the Greens this morning. something new there's always going to be a tendency toward distraction and newness I can't help it if I have a I get a something new a new vehicle well I'm just I'm just enthralled I see if I buy a new truck I, I see every other truck on the road that's like mine somebody got a new motorcycle then I start seeing motorcycles everywhere 
Get a new boat, then you look at everybody else's boat. Get a new cell phone, you ask everybody else, what kind of cell phone do you have? What does it do? And there's a tendency in this world, a lot of stuff, a lot of clutter, a lot of things happening in your life. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer this morning? Father, as we bow before you in our hearts this morning, I I pray that we're focused upon you. I know with anything that happens in this world, there's a tendency to get our eyes off of you. With whether it be good or bad, there's always the distraction. There's always something that uh, can draw us to you or away from you. And Father, to realize that our worship service should be focused upon you and that we give our hearts and our minds to you this morning. Father, let your Spirit speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and open your Bibles this morning to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, as we begin a new series. As I prayed about this, we finished up, you know, it's a new day series, talking about, uh, uh, well, it was the first of the year, and that's whenever I started that. And now as I think about revival, our revival is all, as you saw the announcement slide that was up earlier, uh, but our revival, so what can we do to get ready? What can we do in Nehemiah in looking at this? And we'll be going through it not only through um, and the to the revival, but also through the revival. Because did you know this? A lot of times we gear up for revival, then there's a big meltdown after revival. And it's not maybe meltdowns, maybe not as accurate as the term that we'd like to use. But 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 we have a so okay, whew, we made it. We had revival, five services, and we do have five services planned, a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Those five services are planned, where Brother Lamar Denby and Brother Paul Buck from Mount Zion, and they'll come in here, and they'll help us as we worship and uh, as we try to focus on what reviving, if we have drifted any from God and His Word, if we've drifted any from His Word, And so I pray this morning that you'll just take a few moments out and say, you know, how can I strengthen my hands for this work? And strengthening our hands is going to be kind of the theme. And if you look at your bulletin, and of course there will be some things on the screen. And I know since this is a new system for our church at first, and that's the reason I made the mention about distractions, and it's kind of like uh, uh, Miss Barbara, the musician, coming out in her and it's kind of like the legalist and the and the person that you can uh, just do we do we want to sing you know always uh, we definitely want to sing on the right notes and in the right key and the right tune and all that but uh, but she's mentioning something deeper than that she's saying that do we not want to sing from our hearts do we really want to worship God and and I'm glad she said that and uh, whether you're looking in your uh, a Bible, I just want you, or your bulletin, or wherever you are, I just want you to follow the theme, 
follow this theme. And the theme throughout this series is we look at Nehemiah. And we'll try not to get too bogged down, but Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18 is our theme. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this work. Folks, what can you and I strengthen our hands to do for God? So many of us want to strengthen our hands. I've seen people strengthen their hands in a clenched fist and shake their fist at God and shake their fist at His ideas and His plans. But folks, when it says here, Nehemiah is sharing a burden. And as we look to the title of this message, A Burden from God, our as we begin this journey in this book, it begins in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 4. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. It to think about this morning, what do I need to change in my heart, in my life? What is there anything? Think about it. Many of us have burdens this morning. Now, in a little while, there's different kind of burdens. Did you know you can have the burden of, man, I've got uh, financial obligations and I'm struggling. You can have that kind of burden. You can have the burden of um, my, my marriage is 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 uh, struggling. Do I have that burden this morning? I've got hardships at work. My family's not getting along. My kids are not coming to church anymore. Do you have that burden? There's burdens from the world, and then there's burdens from God. There is a difference. There's burdens from the world, and there's burdens from God. And I want to speak just this morning on a, a burden from God. And thinking about what do I need to talk about. And so Nehemiah had this burden. So as we look at uh, just looking at verses 1 through 3 here, and I'm not going to read them all. But uh, so he heard the news. There were people who were going back to Jerusalem. Nehemiah is over in Persia. He's back where the children of Israel were in slavery. And he, and he, really he chose to stay. He was the king's cupbearer, which is recorded in the last verse in this chapter. And so basically this, in the very first point of the message this morning is the news that brings the burden. Something gets our attention. Something stops you in your tracks. And folks, how many of you, listen to me very closely, how many of you have got a text or a phone call, or some type of news that stopped you in your tracks. And you had an opportunity to, you know, you might have been in the car, but you can metaphorically speak and you could fall down and hit your knees and say, I'm not, I can't do this alone. I can't, what, God, I need some help right now. And that's what happened with Nehemiah here. People were going back to Jerusalem and they had rebuilt the temple already. Zerubbabel's temple. Matter of fact, when people saw it that knew about Solomon's temple, they were very upset. 
And so the city was kind of getting rebuilt, but the walls of the city was very vulnerable. And Nehemiah received a burden from God. Do any of you have a burden from God this morning? A burden from God. Is that something that we should pray for? Is that something that you ever thought that, God, what are you burdening me to do? God, what are you burdening me to do? When this burden hit him and the news happened, you know, it came to pass. I'm just rereading verse 4. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept. Folks, if revival, if your heart is not right with God and this, this morning, if, you're, if you know of people that are lost and going to a devil's hell, is that enough news to motivate you to sit down and even have a, a, a tear, even think about coming out of our eyes. Think about it. Is there anything that could happen that would cause us to say, God, I need You now more than ever. Now some of it, we would say, I don't want that. I don't want bad news. Well, me either. I don't want bad news. But he got news here and it really wasn't really horribly bad news as much as it was a burden. And not only did he take the time to, well, it was five minutes. No. It says he prayed and fasted. How was it say certain days? Now, if your Bible's like my Bible, the word certain is in italics. And uh, he did it not just one day, not just even five minutes. He did it days. Days. And so it's a burden. You know, there's other things that can stop us in our tracks. Sin can stop us in our tracks. Ours or anyone else's. Tragedy can stop us in our tracks. But what message is God sending to you this morning? God can be sending you a message. And, you know, our reaction to this message is directly related to our spiritual condition. The way you, the way you react to God's message. When God burdens you, how do you react? Do you say, no, the preacher preached such a, man, he preached this and he preached that. It offended me. I've had people literally tell me that. That that message really offended me. I said, well, unless there's, was it, I said, was it not in the Bible? Well, I don't, I've had people answer that differently. When I asked that question, <laughs> was it not in the Bible? Did I go out of context? Did I misinterpret something? Well, no, that's not it. Well, you know what? <laughs> that just told me <laughs> whenever they said that. <laughs> so, so the Lord was burdening them. <laughs> the Lord was convicting them. So if you know, if I preach error, you point it out. I can make I can make corrections. I've made mistakes, I've misspoken, I've said things. And have you ever said one thing, meant another? Well, preachers do that all the time. 
as well as anybody else. But if it's God's word, if it's God's word, let, as the old saying goes, let the chips fall where they may. Because when we read it, when we hear it, when it's preached, and it's preached holy from Genesis to the maps, it brings conviction in my life. And if you're listening, it brings conviction in your life too. And so that's what happened in verse 4. And so guess what his reaction was? Guess what his reaction was? He prayed. And from after verse 4, verse 5 to the end of the chapter, guess what it is? Is a prayer. And it's a short chapter. All of y'all can leave here today if you have your Bible open. And you know what you can say? I read a chapter in Bible. <laughs> I read it while the preacher was preaching. And you won't offend me by doing that. <laughs> read it. It's, it's, an, it's a short chapter. And it's an awesome prayer. Nehemiah. Whenever you receive a burden, he had a choice. And his choice was to be humble and broken or to be prideful and arrogant. That's all of us. I've been prideful. I've been arrogant, folks. I've done it. I've said, well, I don't need to. I don't need, I'm not, and then we start justifying the way you, you think my life's okay and you think, uh, well, we start, I'm not as bad as so and so. Stop comparing yourself to others and look at God's word. That's not our job because you can always find somebody. (laughs) At least I'm not like them. Well, God never meant for us to compare ourselves horizontally, but vertically to Him and His standard. And then we see that we're all sinners and we need Jesus. So, but Nehemiah was, he reacted correctly. Why did Nehemiah react correctly? Because he was already right with God, and he was already praying. He already had a right relationship. And you know what? I'm just going to take off with verse 5 and start reading. This is a cool prayer. Just read along with me. And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe this commandment. I'm probably going to uh, drive Brother Kenneth crazy this morning, but I just want him to head to that uh, slide. Now, I put in there a closer look at Nehemiah's prayer and some helpful acrostics. There's two things I want to give you this morning, some very helpful things on how to pray. And looking at this, there's helpful acrostics. I believe the first one is A-C-T-S, Acts, or it's P-R-A-Y. Whatever that is. And uh, just looking at it real quickly. Acts. But, and this is Nehemiah's prayer this morning. He's doing this one right here. But he doesn't follow this exact order. And you can just put them all up there on the screen, Brother Kenneth. But this is something that I want you to do to think about prayer. This is one way to pray. When I pray, I need to do those four things. I need to have adoration before God. I need to confess to God. I need to have thanksgiving to God. And then if you have any specific requests, oh, by the way, that ACTS is the exact pattern that he followed here except for the thanksgiving and the uh, 
something. He just switched them up. But you'll see it in just a second. Matter of fact, I have it there for you in your bulletin. But then the other one, of course, is P-R-A-Y. And this is, some again, the same thing. It's just a different word. What you should do when you pray. You should praise God. You should repent to God. You should ask Him. And then yield. Most of us have a big problem. We love to ask. But a lot of us don't like to, what, say, okay, God, now what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with my life? You say, God, this is, uh, I mean, most of us, and I've used this as an illustration before, we treat God like McDonald's. Lord, give me a number three. Uh, give it to me quick, easy, and inexpensive, and, I, you know, I'll have an extra large. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, we want God like McDonald's. And we want it, we don't want it to cost us very much when we pray, do we? No, I don't want it to cost us very much time. And I don't want it to cost me very much anywhere else. I just want to pray. Well, he followed that here. This is a awesome prayer. Again, looking back to your, your word there. Let thine ear. So the very first thing in verse five, he's, a, he's adoring God. And then verse six and seven, he's confessing the sin that he took on for His people. Look, let thine ear now be attentive, and let thine eyes be opened, that thou mayest see or hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, from the ch- for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we... Y'all notice that uh, first person plural pronoun, we? Look at that. Which we have sinned. Folks, when you pray, when you pray for your kids and you pray for your wife, say, you, you pray to God and say, our family, God, our family needs revival. Our family needs to repent. Our church, it's not about, don't say y'all or them, say us. And identify, he identified with the whole country. He's like an intercessor. He said, he didn't say, they need to repent. He said, we. That's what it says right there. We. Which we have sinned. He didn't say, my nation has sinned, but I haven't. What does it say right there? Which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my Father's house have sinned. Folks, if you, you'll never have revival until you say, I need forgiveness. I need to repent. Revival won't happen and our church will fall on its face. That's painful. We have dealt very corruptly against thee. And we've not kept thy commandments nor the statutes, nor the judgment which thou hast commanded thy servant Moses. And then verse 8 through 10, he gets into a supplication. Remember, he got the T and the S, but he didn't know about Acts. So it doesn't matter the order you pray. I've seen people say, um, I've listened, I've actually had people in a Sunday school class kind of get into a little, it was a very mild disagreement. But it was, you, when you pray, the very first thing you need to say is, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. That way God will hear the rest of your prayer. But it doesn't matter when you, you just need to pray and ask forgiveness. It doesn't matter whether it comes to me at the beginning or at the end, because God knows if you're going to say it anyway. Okay? And He also knows your heart before you even open your mouth. 
So he knows if you're coming humbly or pridefully. So his supplication, in other words, his request is, Remember, I beseech thee the word which thou hast commanded thy servant Moses. I'm in verse 8, saying, If you transgress, I will scatter you. Verse 9, But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out by the uttermost part of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them into the place that I have chosen to set my name. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. In verse 11, he's given thanksgiving. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear. In other words, I'm thankful you're listening to me. Be attentive unto the prayer and to the prayer of thy servants. And he says, I'm, basically he's saying, I'm thankful who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I'm thankful that you even chose us as your nation to begin with. And grant him mercy in thy sight, for I was the king's cupbearer. Lastly, in closing, is Matthew 11 and verse 29, which directly talks about burdens from the Lord. Matter of fact, uh, I'll uh, back up to verse 28. Come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden. You know what kind of burdens those are? Those are the bad burdens. That's the burdens of the world. The burdens of worrying about your family, worrying about your job, worrying about your marriage, worrying about where am I going to school. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm worried about... Yeah. Come unto me. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy. And his burden is what? His burden is what? His burden is what? Y'all are awake. But it's your, it's, it's your choice. It's your choice this morning. It's your choice. It's not, it's not your neighbors beside you across the aisle. It's your choice this morning. As we get ready for a hymn invitation, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, Whatever God is laying upon our heart this morning, it's our choice on how to respond to your word this morning. Dear Lord, humble our heart. Dear Lord, I just start with mine. Humble my heart. May my prayer be heard, not because I'm anybody. May my prayer be heard because I'm just a sinner 
begging for mercy. May you have mercy upon us. Give us a burden from you. As we know that we can bear those burdens. In Jesus' name, amen. We all stand. I want to say before I turn the announcements over to Brother Norman, just just be in prayer. I don't think it's too soon to be in prayer for our revival, and uh, or it's too soon to be in prayer about next Sunday. 
just you can always pray. Lift up the teachers, the Sunday school teachers, Brother Trey and myself. I know many of you are prayer warriors that are that pray for us every day. And Brother Trey and I and all the rest of the workers here at Promised Land could not do our job without your prayers. And uh, I thank the Lord for Trey's help and everything. He is a working machine behind the scenes. And uh, just remember us in your prayer, Brother Norman.